This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. You are on Cruise Control. Welcome. I'm Fred Staub at the wheel of the crusty, musty Cruise Control van. Happy that it's a nice sunny day out for a ride with my good friend and colleague, Les Jackson, who is sitting over there on the crate, hand-cranking the, well, geared computer, coming up with some great automotive stories. Hello over there, Les. Well, yes, indeed. It's a pleasure to be here, and... um... I think you really enjoy the computer screen, which is actually an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> That's good. Just don't shake it. Don't hit any bumps. It'll all disappear. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we've got a lot of automotive stories this week to start off. We're going to talk about VW having big plans to send off its Beetle model. Of course, it's going away, and they're doing some interesting, uh, interesting events as a way of sending it off and celebrating it. It's pretty cool, actually. And, uh, hey, does Toyota have plans for a 450-horsepower hybrid pickup truck that gets 30 miles to the gallon? Well, probably so, or we wouldn't talk about it. Who's got a pen? Who's got a pen? Yes, and will, what will the rising depreciation numbers do to used cars, the used car market? If you're shopping for a used car, it could be your time. Yeah, I think that's just the way to go these Mm. days. And uh, over at GM, they're delaying their six-cylinder pickup truck diesel. And Mini has stopped selling manuals, and we'll tell you why. Mm. And they're back home again in Indiana for the 103rd running of the Indy 500. Team McLaren never qualified due to a number of flubs and failures. It's kind of sad. We'll actually go through that. And uh, next year, Indy cars are getting a restyle for safety that's going to make them look sort of like a jet fighter. Wow. And, of course, Corvette is the pace car. That's right. The last the last C7 uh, pace car that we will ever see, right? That is true. And, uh, and you'll be driving, not at the Indy 500, but later in the show, you'll be driving an at-the-wheel review of the Mitsubishi Outlander SEL. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a, it was a great vehicle. Probably wouldn't do well on the Indy 500 track at speed. I mean, if, if you could drive it around at 60 miles an hour, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, but they expect you to do about 140 I wouldn't bring it. I think you'd have uh, the wrong tool for that one, uh, Les. Yeah, I think. Well, you'd probably burn it up if you <laughs> if you could get it that fast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're going to have a review of that great SUV. It's a real value story here. I was surprised, and we'll tell you all about it if you're looking for a compact three-row SUV. We'll uh, do that when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. Don't forget we're on the web at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there. Check out the podcast edition. Go to cruisecontrolradio.com. It is your gateway to automotive news. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, buckle up because we got a lot to cover. We'll be right back. 
Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. I'm sorry, Les. No I, problem. I I I I uh, I yield the time to the man over there running the uh, mechanical computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody it's the crank that, you know, that we tires need to oil out. it. Yeah, tires yeah. out. It's a little rough. Yeah. You have a story about Volkswagen though, right? Yeah, well, as we have been talking about the the uh, the Beetle, the new Beetle, mm-hmm. which is now 22 years old. When did they bring that back? Was it 98? 97. 90, I was there for the for the huge worldwide launch in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it was it was quite it was I think the most expensive uh launch in in car company history. I know they they spent millions upon millions to right. to do this. It was a wonderful party. Anyway, it ends this summer. The last Beatles will be made uh, later this summer, and um, that'll be it until they may be resurrected again in the future. But they're not going out uh, with just a goodbye. They're, they've entered two Beatles. Mm-hmm. In the 2019 Millimilia, which is a race, very famous uh, race for many, many years in Italy. It means a thousand miles. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, it covers uh, from Brescia to Rome. It's beautiful country. I've actually driven that country. Mm. Just gorgeous drive. Um, it, and you know, driving it fast would even be more fun. But anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, they're um, you know they they first entered it back in 1950s uh, using high performance Beetles, which by today's standards wouldn't be anything at all, uh-huh. uh, because the, back in those days, you know, a regular Beetle had 30 horsepower. Wow! Uh, but they had a uh, they, they ran a, a 48 production Beetle nicknamed Dofferly, mm-hmm. which, which had parts from a Porsche 356. Again, not a super powerful car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to bring this year a modified 51 Pretzel Beetle, which is named for its uh, strange split window, rear window uh, design. Mm-hmm. And the 1956 Ovali Beetle. And they're going to run those. Wow. Now, the Diamond Green O'Valley is an authentic replica built exclusively by Volkswagen Classic and makes 75 horsepower. That's the equivalent of uh, what a Porsche 356 would have been back in the 356 days. You know, uh, zippy, but not what we would describe as fast. Right. And the uh, Rosita Green Beetle, the second one, will be modified with various Porsche parts, and it produces 60 horsepower. That's right. Uh, interesting. I think it would be really cool. Uh, the uh, the Mili Milia runs, um, they run various races each year with uh, classic race cars and just classic cars. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the Beetle is going to get lots of attention. I think you'd have to be shifting a lot in that car to keep a lot it, keep, keep it keep it going. A lot of Constant. down a lot of downshifts. I think, don't you think? 
That's right. But uh, you know, if you want a Beetle, you can still buy it. The base is twenty three oh four five, and the uh, convertible is only twenty seven two ninety five. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, last uh, last of a class for sure. Will they? Uh, what do you think? Let's just play prognosticator now. What do you think? Will they bring it back again? I think they will. Um, you know, right now they're coming back with the with the bus. And with the dune buggy. Mm-hmm. And I think the Beetle will come back, uh, and it certainly will be electric. I have a friend that literally, I believe she has a deposit down on the bus. It's going to be an electric bus, and she is... Oh, it's cool. She's really neat looking. Really excited about it. I never would put money down that far in advance, so we don't really know much. We've seen the prototypes, and they look cool. They had the... The uh, transporter van, you know, the the kind of the um, industrial van, you know, without the windows on the side. I thought that looked cool at the auto show, but we don't really know that much about it yet, do we? That's right. Yeah. So it, it it's just I wouldn't do it, but um, well, I will say I'm looking forward to getting in one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, hey, what what a what a piece of automotive history. I mean, it started out as the people's car. If you remember, uh, you know, it, it really had a, a long history, too. I mean, it went all through the 60s. It became kind of the hippie car. <laughs> it was just a good That's right. good little car, you know, to, to get around. Well, it was, it was cheap, uh, and it was kind of counterculture. Yeah. Okay, well, when we come back, we're going to talk about used cars and rising depreciation, how that may help you when buying a car. So stay tuned. Cruise Control. Hybrid power. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next on Cruise Control Radio. (laughs) Welcome back. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, we're glad you're along for the ride. A lot of automotive news to get to. We're going to have that review of that uh, really surprisingly nice Mitsubishi Outlander. Uh, this thing was only 33000 delivered. Three-row SUV for 33000 That's a pretty good... That's, that's a bargain. Pretty good deal. Yeah, good warranty, too. We'll tell you about that. But um, report this week... From TFLtruck.com, they say they've got some leaked information that the Toyota Tundra will have a 3.5-liter turbocharged V6 engine with a combination of an electric motor and lithium-ion battery system. They're saying in the Tundra, this system could produce around 450 horsepower 500 pound-feet of torque while still achieving 30-plus miles to the gallon. Uh, it's a real game-changer. And, of course, look, it's the company that that uh, is the pioneer of hybrid systems. Right. Uh, so they know what they're doing. It's uh, basically very similar to the power plant used in the Lexus LS500H. Look, I, I had that Lexus 330 uh, a few weeks ago, big sedan, heavy car. I got over 50 miles to the gallon in it on the yeah. highway. Very impressive. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, if you think about the Tundra uh, with this drivetrain in it being able to tow every bit as much as the 
as the most powerful Rams and F-150s. Right. Uh, that's very impressive. What's the mileage like on the V6 uh, F-150 with the uh, um, EcoBoost? I believe it's about 21. Yeah, so this would be this would be a total game changer and would leapfrog uh, Ford because they, they have talked about doing a hybrid F-150, right? That's right. Now, I would imagine, we don't have a price on this, but I would imagine this is a pretty expensive truck. I would imagine it would be, and this is just from some information that apparently got out to tfltruck.com. We don't know what you know the final numbers will be but certainly this is this is big news you know and that's right and and it's you know uh, even though it might be quite expensive uh as we found out pickup trucks are crazy expensive as it is yeah exactly and if you could do big work with this i mean man those numbers 450 500 that can almost go in the heavy duty version of the truck couldn't it yeah, that's right. I mean, that's diesel country. That's diesel country. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and and think about that drivetrain and putting it in an old truck somewhere. Wouldn't that be <laughs> a nice? Uh... <laughs> well, you know what? I wouldn't because then you have an old truck. Well, I mean, uh, like a classic <laughs> old truck. You know, like a like a cab over or something like that. It'd be right. interesting. Right. But. Uh, but there's that, so we'll see what happens with that. But let's say you're buying. We were talking about pickup trucks costing, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Let's say you want to buy a used vehicle. Well, what's going on with that? Well, used vehicle depreciation is expected to climb this year as factors that have helped uh, helped it keep keep at a lower rate in 2018 appear to be petering out. So, if depreciation rises. That means they should cost less, right? I would think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, according to Anil Goyal, uh, it was from uh, Black Book. They are, of course, that's what sets the price for used cars. Uh, said the uh, 2018, we're kind of we're kind of at uh, hit a peak at some of these factors that make depreciation very low. Blackbook expects the rate, which measures annual depreciation of two to six-year-old vehicles, to grow 15% this year. Uh, and for residual values and other side of depreciation coin, True Cars ALG, which tracks the one to five the year year old vehicles, expects a consistent decline of 0.5% annually over the next three years. So what does that mean? Now, there's a lot of used cars out there, right? And there's That's right, yeah. Both ALG and Black Book uh, say there are about 4 million excess vehicles floating around out there. It should mean a time for deals, right? Yeah, what I don't understand is how did we get to 4 million excess vehicles? Yeah, that is a little weird because not that long ago they were saying people were holding on to their vehicles for 11 years 12 years remember yeah uh, and, and around 20 you know the mid uh, teens let's say uh and then of course there was that changeover now we're not talking about those vehicles they're old vehicles we were when we talk about used vehicles we're talking about six years old at the at the oldest right that's right 
Now, maybe it has a little bit to do with the scrap factor, because um, currently we're the industry's selling 16 to 17 million new cars every year, mm-hmm. but only 11 million are being scrapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means five million extra cars every year are on the roads. Yep. Yep. Uh... I think the deals here are in sedans, though. I think there's well, a lot of... Well, of course. Heck, which, you could hey, probably get a new sedan for for the price of a used sedan, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So it should, it should go well. Now, I think pickup trucks are still going to hold their value. Big pickup trucks, right? Full-size pickup trucks. Until gas goes to $5 a gallon. How about mid-size luxury cars? Can you pick up a great used Lexus, let's say, for? Oh man, I would think so. Uh huh. So, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting. It's just another thing to think about when you go out to buy a vehicle. I mean, there's plenty of used vehicles out there. You buy from a certified place. Uh, you you could get yourself a great deal. Uh, and now we're getting to the point where some of the vehicles actually do have the used vehicles do have crash mitigation and things like that. The technologies have been out there for a couple of years. So uh, you may start to encounter three-year-old cars with these technologies, right? The advanced safety technology. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't have a problem with buying a three-year-old car right now because it's, it's more than likely going to have um, adaptive cruise control and blind spot monitoring. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those, those are the biggies. Yeah. Big news uh, at a Chevy dealership, uh, Jefferson City, Missouri, last direct hit by a tornado, 750 vehicles destroyed. Wow. Uh, they were thrown around like match car, uh, matchbox cars. Uh, this is Riley Chevrolet and Riley Toyota. They posted that they will be closed to all public employees until further notice. Um, what a devastating loss to them, huh? Well, that storm uh, ran itself right, right across the East Coast and hit uh, here in D.C. on Thursday afternoon. Sixty-seven mile an hour winds. Wow! Um, they toppled trees. They cut power out in large sections. Fortunately, only for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a big storm. Yeah. Oh, and we had tornadoes. We actually had tornado warning in D.C. And that is the storm that made it all across Missouri. And Yeah, uh, and, that's and, the one. Wow. Well, good luck to those folks out there. Uh, no one was killed at that dealership. Obviously, that's not the case for other people around the area. But uh, what a loss, 750 cars. Tremendous. Oh, yeah, just awful. I don't know how you uh, I don't know how you come back from a loss like that but well they have insurance for that sort of thing I'm I'm sure but what they didn't have insurance for was back when hurricane Sandy hit in New Jersey and those uh, those uh, Fisker cars were 300 Fisker cars were parked and they were all destroyed yeah I remember some of them caught fire even as the salt yeah. water came around them yep All right, when we come back, we'll tell you why GM is delaying its six-cylinder pickup truck diesel, and Mini has stopped selling manuals. Also, talk about the Indy 500, so stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there, CruiseControlRadio.com. We'll be right back. 
Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. It's the Memorial Day cruise down the highway. Mm. And uh, yes, large automobiles, small automobiles, racing automobiles. This is a great, yes, we have the Indy 500, uh, which. Uh, McLaren won't be in this year. Yeah, we'll we'll go get into that in a little bit. That's right. Kind Not of our a, fault. Not kind, our fault. Kind of a, a comedy of errors there. Yep, it happens. Yeah. Um, well, uh, big news from uh, Chevy this week uh, regarding the Silverado fifteen hundred diesel. Yeah, uh, things aren't going well. Diesel delay, right? That's right. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, this is not good word for diesel, and it's not the fault of diesel technology. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there, there's a delay. Uh, it, it, you, know, they, they've, uh, you know, they've leaked the specs on it. Yeah, it's a, a three-liter inline-six turbo diesel uh, available in the Silverado 1500 and, and the GMC Sierra 1500. It'll produce 277 horsepower, 460 pound-feet of torque. That's right. That 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 outpaces uh, Ford's uh, F-150 three-liter V6 that has 250 and 440 uh, when their numbers and the Ram EcoDiesel new version coming up on that, uh, but currently that's uh, right 240 and 420. But. Uh, it's been delayed, GM's version. It's been delayed, and and the reason is that there's a uh, the EPA emission certification process is taking longer, and you better believe any company that's that's certifying their diesels with the EPA is being very careful about it. Yes, and uh, it's a little bit longer than planned, uh, but the 2020 models will begin arriving in dealerships in the next few months. It's just been a little bit later than they thought it would be, right? Exactly. But it will come. Um, I'm sure they've got some upfront orders. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if can't you, tell you when it'll be there. If you have one on order, it's going to be a little longer uh, than you thought. <laughs> Here's an interesting situation for many. Uh, they have stopped selling manuals, mini manuals. Well, but there's a reason for it. Uh, and, you know, we, we've been looking into this a little bit. The uh, take rates for manual transmissions are so low. Some of them are at 1%, 2% uh, that, uh, you know, you wonder how they'll continue to keep building these. But according to Motoring Life, Mini still offers the manual transmission on every model in the U.S., but... They're, they need to get a better emission certification for this and calibration. This is according to Motoring Life. And as of July this year, Mini will stop importing manual transmission cars across, across its range due to emission certification. This could take one to four months. So if you're looking for yep. a um, Mini with a manual, it's time to get to your dealer and get it bought, don't you think? Well, that's right. Uh, you won't have a problem finding them because very few people want them. But still, uh, they're not going to be bringing any new ones in mm -hmm. so for a while, which means um, if you want a, a manual in a particular color combination and they don't have it, 
well, then you either have to wait uh, or or just buy an automatic version. Yeah. Now, uh, just talk about take rates. VW, GTI, and Golf R lead the manual take rate when it comes to Volkswagen. Uh, sport wagon owners like to uh, shift it as well. But uh, in, let's see, in 2018, 44% of the GTI and Golf R's had manuals, which is pretty high, isn't it? It's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, and it, it doesn't hurt, too, that the uh, DSG, uh, you know, the dual-clutch version, paddle-shifted version is $1,000 more. So maybe people are looking for a deal and getting the manual, right? Exactly. Uh, but if you really look across the board, the take rate is dismal. About a third of Toyota 86s, that's their sporty two-seat model, are so sold with manuals. And 28% of the sport wagons, including all tracks, have a manual. That's a little uh, surprising. That's, that's very surprising. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, the Honda Civic is 13%, which is actually higher than I would have thought. The regu- and that that's typically the SI and the Type R. Mm-hmm. Just 7% of Jettas had a stick. Uh, yep. 10% of all Golfs had a stick. Um, Subaru, 7% overall take rate in 2018. Uh, and Honda, 2.8% take rate of their cars had a manual. Now, keep in mind, not only do a lot of people not know how to drive a manual, or don't want to because it's in traffic, it's a little harder than that. But sometimes when they put these manuals on the um, base or one up from base model, people want the safety features, people want the navigation. If they can't get that with a manual, they're not so married to it that they, you know, they'll just say, well, forget the manual. That's right. I'll take the automatic and give me, give me what I want as far as, um, you know, uh, the uh, features, right? Exactly. And um, having driven a manual uh, for the past three weeks exclusively, um, it's very annoying. I mean, it's just annoying in in traffic and in local, just constantly coming to a stop and shifting up, you know, back again. And the engine's louder. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not as smooth as an automatic. It's just not pleasant. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what's not pleasant. McLaren's experience at the Brickyard. <laughs> they had a yep. bad, bad uh, April and May, didn't they? Um, well, you know, and and this this is this is racing. Yeah, but some of it sounds a little like discombobulated. Uh, and um, what we're talking about is McLaren failed to qualify for the Indy 500, but it's not because they weren't fast enough. It was things like they didn't have a steering wheel for the car because theirs wasn't finished. Someone complained because somebody painted the car the wrong orange. So when they should have been out there trying to get into the race, well, it the car was in the paint shop. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe you don't worry about absurd. the orange, you know? But like, Yeah, who cares? I would have said, you know what? Get me a wrap that lo- sort of looks like that orange, and we'll have the guy bring him in, have him work all night, and put it on, right? Exactly. And then, you know, then you had uh, driver Fernando Alonso, who's a double Formula One champion. He knows what he's doing. He, he failed to qualify. Yeah. 
Could it be that he had no steering wheel? <laughs> <laughs> no steering wheel and the wet paint. <laughs> and he had two. He had two sets of uh, vice grips on the on the steering. Uh, yeah. shaft and trying to hold on uh that's... I, re I remember he was actually quoted as saying what the heck they got me driving the cruise control van that's right that's right uh mclaren boss zach brown says uh he shouldered the blame saying the team's failure to qualify uh said he would do things differently next time i'll bet you will <laughs> He said or they you will... may not do the next time. He said they will return to the brickyard uh, and and do a postmortem and what went wrong. Uh, they they said there are highs and lows to the sports. And he added, I think you just dust yourself off, learn by your mistakes, and come back fighting. That's all you can say. And he took. He said, you know, uh, there's been some changes. The person running the program is no longer here. <laughs> how how could they not have a steering wheel? Well, uh, you know, apparently you have to, they don't have these things. Uh, from what they said, typically they will have a spare steering wheel on the shelf, parts to use, uh, Cosworth. But uh, right. but they didn't this time because, hey, maybe because there's a big race in town. Could mean that they don't have the parts. And they didn't plan correctly because theirs was being made and it wasn't ready yet, you know. So you but, ha have to order it earlier, right? Yeah, but I'm you know you you built the car, and you shipped the car to Indy in the wrong color orange. Why didn't you have a steering wheel in it? I wouldn't have. I would have said you know, hey, I don't care if it's the wrong color orange. Get in the race. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Just we don't care. Steering we can, wheel we can you put... need. You need a steering wheel. Yeah. That you have to work on. Say. You know, you do, uh, what do they call that, triage, what's most important. Having a steering wheel is most important. <laughs> Generally, wheels and a steering wheel are fairly fundamental. I would say if, I, I wonder, could you get the car into in into the field and then spray it? How about that? I, frankly, uh, as far as the color goes, you know, I would have I would have taken spray cans and just you know <laughs> graffitied the side saying you know, McLaren, we're here. <laughs> I think it wasn't even it was orange. It was just the wrong color orange. But... Oh, who cares? Hmm. So, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Of course, as you mentioned, the C7 Corvette last trip to the brickyard as the last uh, trip. pace car. What do you want to make a bet? The C8 will be basing it next year. Well, you know, you would have thought that the C8 would have paced it this year. But that's a whole other story. Hey. That's, yeah, we, we won't even get into that. When we come back, we'll have an at-the-wheel review of the Mitsubishi Outlander SEL. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio. control welcome back welcome back Les and fred here we're going back to indy momentarily yeah a little that will be the 104th running of the indy 500 next year uh and they're going to use this thing called the aero screen less uh cockpit protection you know they have the halo in uh, formula one which is sort of this bar that's right in front of your face as you race um exactly but I always wondered why they didn't enclose the Indy cars because your head is getting like buffeted around and your 
neck is getting pulled one way, I think you would have quite a sore neck, wouldn't you? Extremely. And of course, they use the Hans device and other things like that to keep your head straight. But still, it, it, tremendous, uh, tremendous stress on your body. Even I know even going around a road course at events with a helmet on that added weight of a helmet. Of course, yeah. these guys all have exotic um, uh, carbon fiber helmets. Mine's not a carbon fiber helmet, but, uh, you know, you could feel it on your neck. It's even that few pounds of weight is is different on your neck, on your head yeah. and your neck. And you're feeling, uh, you know, on that basically banked track. Uh, at 200 plus miles an hour, you're constantly pulling about two to three G's. That helmet can get quite heavy. So now it's yeah. 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Think about that hanging off your head for all that time. That would be oh, painful. Just very bad uh, muscle injuries, that sort of thing. So, yeah, this new uh, aero screen looks like it's uh, going to be a real improvement. It's anti-fogging. Um, yep. And uh, there's a possibility of tear-offs so they can keep it clean, anti-reflective. And it hopefully will help uh, the uh, uh, drivers uh, survive accidents like the one that killed Justin Wilson where a piece of debris struck his helmet during a race, which is terrible. So. Yeah, that is awful. Also, it takes the airstream away from your head, which I think will be helpful. So, yeah, you deflect cool it up, so, yeah, so you're you're not buffeted so much. Mm. Hey, let's do an at the wheel review. I had a pretty cool vehicle. We don't get to drive Mitsubishi's that much, but uh, this one was pretty interesting. It's the 2019 Outlander SEL 2.4 uh, S A W C four door SUV. <laughs> wow. And uh, this is a compact SUV, but it has three rows, right? Uh, and there's a real value story here. Let me tell you all the great stuff about it. Overall score, it gets five stars on the government safety rating, which is great. Uh, it gets, um, it has an incredible warranty, a 10-year limited powertrain warranty, 10-year uh, 100,000-mile uh, powertrain, 7-year 100,000-mile anti-corrosion, uh, five-year, 60,000 uh, new vehicle limited warranty, five-year unlimited roadside assistance. Um, it is, a, as I said, a compact three-row SUV, 2.4-liter, 16-valve, four-cylinder engine paired with a CVT transmission. Uh, not a lot of horsepower. It was in the, uh, I, play, I believe it was about 160 horsepower, which is not a lot these days, and when you compare it to some of its competitors, uh, RAV4 is up in the 200s, uh, Rogue is a little bit higher, I'm sorry, 166 horsepower for the uh, 2.4, but it had uh, a lot of the very popular equipment that people want, including safety equipment, and came in at a great price. Uh, so what did it have? Well, it had, uh, it had in the SLE touring package, which is a $3,000 upgrade. Uh, it had forward collision mitigation, lane departure warning, adaptive cruise control, automatic high beam lights, power glass, sunroof with sunshade. Less you'll like this one, 710 watt Rockford Fosgate premium audio system with subwoofer. There you go. Mm-hmm. Multi-view camera system, LED high and low beam headlights, LED fog lights, heated steering wheels, steering wheel, 
McLaren. <laughs> you can you could loan that to McLaren. <laughs> yeah, we could. I could unbolt it and said, "Here you go." I had a seven-inch smartphone link display with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. I used that on the highway. It worked great. Uh, you know, it it rode well. The CVT uh, was a little. The the uh, RPMs got a little high at times on the highway, but nothing terrible. Not super powerful, but not not a slug by any means. The third row was a little small, more suited for kids, but that's fine. Uh, if you have kids, they would be happy back there. Uh, build quality was nice. You sit a little bit more upright in the vehicle, almost a little more like truck-like. Seems like the console's a little lower than what you're normally used to now. Mileage, not bad. 29 on highway, uh, 24 city, 26 uh, uh, combined. Um, and now here's the, here's the interesting thing here. Uh, the MSRP is 29095 Total optional equipment that I mentioned brought, brought it up to 3135 That's including the carpeted uh, mats. So uh, destination, like everywhere, is 995 So total price, 33225 Most hmm. Most of its competitors are in the uh, upper 30s to low 40s. Uh, you know, competitors are like the Rogue, the RAV4, uh, Jeep Cherokee, and the Mazda CX-5. Most of them are easily in the upper 30s um, to low 40s. And this comes with a tremendous amount of safety uh, equipment. It gets the government five-star ratings. Uh, you know, style-wise, it's been freshened in the front um, for this year. And... Uh, I think uh, I think it's a good value if you're looking for a three-row uh, SUV, all-wheel drive. Ours was in a very attractive rally red metallic with beige interior. Uh, I think it's something something to think about here because uh, it's it's a real value proposition. I, I just went on and I thought, well, where are there enough dealers, Mitsubishi dealers? Mitsubishi has done a lot of work getting more dealers out there. Just a quick look on their. Uh, Website, I found two dealers not that far away, less than 30 miles away. So it's uh, it's a good deal. I, I really do. I was pretty impressed with it. Any little things like an engine being a little bit raucous here and there, I could overlook for saving at least uh, $8,000, maybe more, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the idea of these is to just buy them and drive them forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't really worry much about residual value if, if you're going to sell it in three years, mm -hmm. which I don't think most people buying that type of, uh, of car would do. Mm -hmm. So um, the other thing is, uh, if you like this one, uh, you should probably pick it up because I believe they're going to make it even bigger the next version bigger <laughs> by seven inches, which might help that third row room. We don't know where they're going to make it bigger, but uh, if they're going to make it longer, that might help there. But got, this thing had everything uh, really, really well equipped for the price. Uh, steering wheel voice controls, steering wheel audio controls, of course, Bluetooth, auto dimming rear mirror with home link. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed for the price. Certainly usable, easy to get in and out of, uh, plenty of room. Uh, and uh, as I say, it, I find nowadays using my smartphone, 
with Apple uh, CarPlay or Android Auto. It's a great system. It's a great navigation system. Uh, I'm almost kind of starting to prefer that because I can put my addresses in my phone and then it's ready to go when I get in the car. And it's also constantly updated the maps from Google, which is, uh, when you think of it, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good app for free, isn't it? It is. You're right. You know, so easy to use, got me where I wanted to go. So, hey, that's your 2019 Outlander SEL 2.4 SAWC. So (laughs) there you have it. (laughs) Long names on Cruise Control Radio at the Wheel Reviews this week. Time for me to say, I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We want you to check out CruiseControlRadio.com. So we'll see you down the road. Bye.